here we are. It is indeed a Wednesday, and we are moving through the week with our usual efficiency and alacrity. And it's beginning to dawn on me that the way that the world may end is President Trump getting syphilis from a French whore and then nuking Paris and us all dying in a retaliatory strike. Beyond those random thoughts, I have some more non-random thoughts. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Tend to demonize people who don't care about your feelings. New Monmouth poll is out today, and it shows Donald Trump among likely voters up 30% to 23% over Ted Cruz. If I sound depressed, that's because I am. I'm thinking of giving up my day job, donning a cowl and a cape, and fighting crime in the streets. Because, honestly, I'm not sure that speaking reason to people is making very much of a difference. Again, Donald Trump, is he better than Hillary Clinton? Yes, but so is a splitting headache or a terrible, t- or a terrible case of stage 4 cancer. Most things in life are better than Hillary Clinton. That doesn't mean that Donald Trump is the best available choice for the primaries. Nonetheless, Donald Trump continues to centralize all headlines. And some of this is Trump is skilled at centralizing headlines. And some of this is that Fox News really wants the ratings. And listen, I watch Fox News. I love Fox News. I appear on Fox News. But this latest spat between Donald Trump and Fox News appears, if not choreographed, there's a mutuality of of interest. Let's put it that way. Donald Trump wants the exposure. He wants the headlines, and Fox News is happy to play into that and appear as though they are unbiased by bashing the Republican frontrunner. So it seems like everybody is kind of happy to play at this game. What am I talking about? Well, yesterday, Donald Trump, late at night, he decided that he wasn't going to do the Republican debate. He was just done. It was over. There would be no more Republican debate for them. And, And here's how it started. So yesterday, Donald Trump started tweeting out that he doesn't like Megyn Kelly, and he put up a poll on his Twitter saying, should I go to the Republican debate? Which was obviously a precursor to, to, no, I won't go to the Republican debate, right? And so Fox News released a statement, and here is the statement that Fox News released. Quote, we learned from a secret back channel that the Ayatollah and Putin both intend to treat Donald Trump unfairly when they meet with him if he becomes president. A nefarious source tells us that Trump has his own secret plan to replace the cabinet with his Twitter followers to see if he should even go to these meetings. And this is Fox News' statement. And just stop there for a moment. Trump is making an idiot of himself with the whole Megyn Kelly victimized me, I'm a victim. Not with his viewers, not with the people who love him, because this is how Trump wins. I mean, he said this all the way back in August. I whine and I whine and I whine until I win. And he's never varied from that. It's a, it's a useful strategy, and he's used it many times. He's using it now with regard to Megyn Kelly, and I think it's a calculated play. I think this whole thing is a calculated play by Trump. He doesn't want to be on a stage with Ted Cruz. He's afraid he's going to get bashed around three days before Iowa on everything from abortion to crony capitalism. And so instead, what he's doing is he's picking a fight, centralizing the headlines around himself, and hoping that the polls sort of freeze in place and he wins Iowa. That's his plan. And there are a few ways that works out for Donald Trump, right? If he doesn't go to the debate and nobody watches, that's a win for Trump. If he doesn't go to the debate and Rubio and Cruz beat each other up, which is very possible, then he just soars right over the top. It's a win for Donald Trump. If Fox News goes after Donald Trump, it's a win for Donald Trump. And even if Donald Trump loses Iowa, he can always blame it on Fox News and then try to win New Hampshire, where he has about a 20-point lead right now. So that's Trump's strategy. So none of this is, is just spur of the moment. But anyway, Fox News releases this kind of snarky statement. And I want to pause there for a second because it's actually not appropriate for Fox News to release that statement. It's actually a, a bizarre statement to release. Can you imagine if... CNN were holding a debate, and a Republican said, I'm not showing up because CNN is biased. And CNN then said, 
well, you know, Vladimir Putin and the Ayatollah called and they, they, they say that they're too tough for you. If they're too tough for you, if we're too tough for you, they're too tough. I mean, if you like the outrage would be palpable if, if somebody said that to a Republican or a Democrat. The proper response is it's Donald Trump's choice whether to show up for the debate or not. We've, he's known for months who is going to be moderating this debate. It's not a big surprise. And this seems calculated by Mr. Trump to avoid the debate. And that would be the end of the statement. But instead, they release this kind of snarky, unsourced, anonymous comment to Mediaite. So Trump then fires back. And Trump fires back with a press conference and a statement. We'll play some of the press conference in a moment. Here was his long, long statement. Quote, as someone who wrote one of the best-selling business books of all time, The Art of the Deal, and it's such, it's such typical Trump. I mean, the guy cannot get through three words consecutively without talking about how magnificent he is. He says, as someone who wrote one of the best-selling business books of all time, The Art of the Deal, who has built an incredible company, including some of the most valuable and iconic assets in the world, and as someone who has a personal net worth of many billions of dollars, Mr. Trump knows a bad deal when he sees one. Fox News is making tens of millions of dollars on debates and setting ratings records, the highest in history, whereas in previous years they were low-rated afterthoughts. Now, I wasn't aware that, that Trump begrudges people their wealth. I mean, I thought that was sort of the premise of his campaign, is if you make money, you make money. But he continues, unlike the very stupid... Highly incompetent people running our country into the ground. Mr. Trump knows when to walk away. Roger Ailes and Fox News think they can toy with him, but Mr. Trump doesn't play games. There have already been six debates. And according to all online debate polls, including Drudge, Slate, Time Magazine, and many others, Mr. Trump has won all of them, in particular the last one. Hey, just note, online polls are not scientific. Okay, you can have all of the Trump trolls go to Drudge and stack up the votes for Trump. That doesn't mean, scientifically speaking, people thought Trump won all those debates, but that's irrelevant to Trump. Anything that says that Trump wins is a, is a gospel truth to Donald Trump. Anything that has him losing doesn't exist. He says, whereas he has always been a job creator and not a debater, he nevertheless truly enjoys the debating process, and it has been very good for him, both in polls and popularity. He will not be participating in the Fox News debate and will instead host an event in Iowa to raise money for the veterans and wounded warriors who have been so treated so horribly by all our talk are all talk, no action politicians. Like running for office as an extremely successful person, <laughs> this takes guts and is the kind of mentality our country needs in order to make America great again. So he's touting his own guts and his own well. I mean, it's, just, it's so typical Trump. And Trump, he really is just Las Vegas. That's all Donald Trump is. He, like, in a human, he's just Las Vegas. So Fox News then fires back. And you got to imagine, again, Fox News at any point here can say, Mr. Trump's decision is his own decision. We plan on moving forward with the debate as planned, and that's the end of this. Instead, Fox News fires back, quote, As many of our viewers know, Fox News is hosting a sanctions debate in Des Moines, Iowa on Thursday night, three days before the first votes of the 2016 election are cast in the Iowa caucus. Donald Trump is refusing to debate seven of his fellow presidential candidates on stage that night, which is near unprecedented. We're not sure how Iowans are going to feel about him walking away from them at the last minute, but it should be clear to the American public by now that this is rooted in one thing. Megyn Kelly, whom he has viciously attacked since August, and has now spent four days demanding be removed from the debate stage. Capitulating to politicians' ultimatums about a debate moderator violates all journalistic standards, as do threats, including the one leveled by Trump's campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, toward Megyn Kelly. In a call on Saturday with a Fox News executive, Lewandowski stated that Megyn, quote, had a rough couple of days after that last debate, and he would, quote, hate her to have to go through that again. Lewandowski was warned not to level any more threats, but he continued to do so. We can't give in to terrorizations toward any of our employees. Trump is still welcome at Thursday night's debate and will be treated fairly. 
just as he has been during his 132 appearances on Fox News and, and Fox Business, but he can't dictate the moderators of the questions. Terrorizations? Really? So Trump's guy calls up and makes a Trumpian threat, and it's a terrorization? Right, it's like Hamas. Yeah, it's like Hezbollah. So it's, if you don't know what a WWE pre-fight looks like, this is what a WWE pre-fight looks like. Okay, and the proof is in the pudding. Donald Trump said, I'm not going to appear on Fox News, those bastards, putting Megyn Kelly in this debate. And Fox News goes, he's attacking Megyn Kelly, the greatest toast that ever was. And I like Megyn Kelly, but, I mean, he's not attending the debate for a specific reason. He doesn't want to debate Ted Cruz. It has nothing to do with Megyn Kelly. But he's making it about Megyn Kelly. And then Trump tweets out, I'd call Megyn Kelly a bimbo. I'd call her a bimbo. But uh, that would be not politically correct. So Trump says that now, too. And... At any point, they could all just call off the dogs. Here's the proof, okay? Tonight, where is Donald Trump appearing tonight? Where is he appearing tonight? He is on the O'Reilly Factor with Bill O'Reilly on Fox News. So he says he won't appear on the debate on Fox News, and Fox News responds by having him appear on the second highest rated host on Fox News. Now again, the ratings game is the rating game. Everybody understands it. Trump's strategy is Trump's strategy. Everybody understands it. But... For Trump followers to say that this is a principled opposition by Donald Trump is just ridiculous. And for Fox News to pretend that this is principled opposition by Fox News is not quite as ridiculous, but still, like, the ratings have something to do with forwarding this fight, no? Like, just a little bit? Now, I, honestly, I don't know how Fox News was supposed to respond to Trump threatening them. I mean, that's, that's like, they have to go forward with the debate. But it's the, it's the spicy language that they're using that feels WWE. It feels like a boxing pregame where you get the two guys... And they get real nose-to-nose, -nose and it's all awkward. That's sort of what it feels like now. So does Trump show up for the debate tomorrow night? Who knows? I'll talk probably tomorrow about what a Trump-less debate looks like. But here is Donald Trump. He called a press conference, and everybody showed up for the Donald Trump press conference. Here is Donald Trump talking about what he's going to do with the debate. Well, Fox is playing game. Yeah. <laughs> Fox is going to make a fortune. I told Fox you should give money to the wounded warriors. I'm not a fan of Megyn Kelly. I think she's a third-rate reporter. I think she, frankly, is not good at what she does. And I think they could do a lot better than Megyn Kelly. And so I'm going to be making a decision with Fox. But I probably won't bother doing the debate. I see they picked me as number one. Uh, not only number one, number one by far. But probably I won't be doing the debate. I'm going to have something else in Iowa. We'll do something where we raise money for the veterans and the wounded warriors. We're going to do something simultaneously with the debate. But most likely, I'm not going to do the debate. I didn't like the fact that they sent out press releases toying, talking about Putin and playing games. I don't know what games Roger Ailes is playing, but uh, what's, what's wrong over there? Something's wrong. But when they sent out that press release talking about, I said, what are these people playing games? So most likely, I won't be doing the debate. What are these people playing games? They all want to play games. I'm the only one who plays games. I love Monopoly. Also, life. Those are my two favorite games. I mean, he. So, okay, a couple of things. One, Trump doing this wounded warriors routine. Right, I'm going to go and I'm going to do an event for the wounded warriors, which is just his way of of getting out of having to do the debate. Obviously, because you can't rip him for raising money for wounded warriors. I will just make two observations. Donald Trump is the guy who said that John McCain was a loser for being a POW. And also, Donald Trump is worth, in his own estimation, $10 billion. If he wants to raise money for the Wounded Warriors, you know how he could do it? I assume he owns a checkbook. He could just write them a very large check, right? But no, this is, all you need to know about Donald Trump, really, in terms of his persona, is a long time ago, Donald Trump got in a fight with the, uh, 
he got in a fight with Spy Magazine. Okay, in in Spy, in Spy Magazine, called Donald Trump a short fingered vulgarian. And he said the idea is short fingers. So in the, in future clips, we'll have to see if Donald Trump has short fingers. And apparently, Donald Trump, the editor of of Spy Magazine at that time, was a guy named Graydon Carter, who now edits Vanity Fair. And apparently, Graydon Carter still, he says, quote, To this day, I receive the occasional envelope from Trump. There's always a photo of him, generally a tear sheet from the magazine. On all of them, he has circled his hand in gold sharpie in a valiant effort to highlight the length of his fingers. (laughs) I almost feel sorry for the poor fellow because, to me, the fingers still look abnormally stubby. (laughs) And Trump told the New York Post in 2011, quote, My fingers are long and beautiful as it has been well documented, are various other parts of my body. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, this guy is going to be the president of the United States. So, <laughs> he, he laughs so you don't cry a little bit. And the people who are falling into the whole Trump is the bravest. He's a brave butterfly flying against the wind routine. Okay, Trump could, by the way, turn the debate to a win, right? He could show up at the debate and he could rip Megyn Kelly in front of everybody. But he's not going to do that because he likes playing victim, and playing victim is a useful tactic to him. So he's going to play that board, and Fox News is going to play this up for all it's worth because why not? You know, you might as well make a little bit of money on the side here. And at no point does it ever enter into anybody's calculations that the voters might actually want to look at what Donald Trump has to say. But the truth is that the Donald Trump voters don't want to hear what Donald Trump has to say. The Donald Trump voters, I mean, not all of them. This is not fair. Not all of the Donald Trump voters. Again, there's a good reason to vote for Donald Trump. Okay, you think that Donald Trump is a is a master strategist who's capable of turning the world on its ear. And every time he makes a headline, that's more proof that that's at least in some part true. That's at least an argument. But the people who say he's conservative or he's a real tough guy or any of the rest, of it, no, no, no. Like, serious. Okay, so anyway, let's continue with Donald Trump because at this point you can either be amused or you can stick your head in the oven. So here's Donald Trump continuing with his rant last See, night. the point is that with me... They're dealing with somebody that's a little bit different. They can't toy with me like they toy with everybody else. So let them have their debate, and let's see how they do with the ratings. And I told them, I said, give money to the wounded warriors, give money to the veterans. They're going to make a fortune with the debate. Now let's see how many people watch. We'll have our own event. We'll raise some money for the wounded warriors. We'll raise money for the vets. But when they sent out the Wise Guy press releases a little while ago, I was all set to do the debate. I came here to do the debate. When they sent out the wise guy press releases a little while ago, done by some PR person along with Roger Ailes, I said, bye-bye, okay? <laughs> I said, bye-bye, just like he did to his first and second wives. Um, and, he, and, and Donald Trump, you know, when, he, when he says things like, you know, I'm, I'm in a fight with Roger Ailes, let's be clear about something. Fox News made Donald Trump. Okay, between 2000 and 2011, the only people who were having Donald Trump on the air regularly to talk politics were the people at Fox News. In fact, Trump has changed his tune a little bit on all of this, and I'll show you that in a second. But Donald Trump, you know, he's, he appeared 130 times on Fox News last year. In September, after that debate with Megyn Kelly, where he complained about how viciously she treated him. And I said at the time I didn't like the questions she was asking him, by the way. When, when he complained about that, he said, I will not appear on Fox News again. Who was the star of Fox News' New Year's Eve coverage? Donald Trump live from Florida. Okay, he, again, he's on O'Reilly tonight. So if it feels like this is a little bit of a game, he says we're not playing games. Really? Are we not playing games? Just a little bit? We're not playing games. Okay, here's Donald Trump 
going up against May, ripping Megan Kelly. He, said, he, he did this last night, too. This is all about Megan Kelly, how much he hates Megan Kelly. She's unfair. She's terrible. Megan Kelly's the worst. By the way, this week, he said he likes Nancy Pelosi and he likes Harry Reid. Megan Kelly's really where he draws the line. Donald Trump continues. I said give money to the wounded warriors. I said give money to the veterans. Megan Kelly is a lightweight. This is a lightweight. This is not a reporter. This, to me, is just a lightweight. Uh, Megan Kelly shouldn't be in the debate. I don't care about Megan. When, when Megan Kelly didn't ask me a question, she made a statement last time, I thought it was inappropriate. Everybody said I won the debate. Everybody said I won the last debate. They said I won all of the debates. We've had six debates now. Why should the networks continue getting rich on these debates? Give some to the wounded wars and making a fortune. Let's see how much money Fox is going to make on the debate without me, okay? And CNN is, of course, over the moon about this because Trump apparently is going to hold a competing event, and CNN will broadcast the competing event during the debate. <laughs> All of this is, I mean, when they said bread and circuses, I didn't think that the circuses were actually going to be literal. <laughs> so, I mean, this is the, this is the big top, and, and now the circus is missing its elephant. So this is just, it's amazing. Megyn Kelly has responded to Donald Trump now. She responded last night, and she, and she played, you know, she says, Donald Trump can't control the media, and this is, this is how the battle goes down. He, she, he says that she can't control me, I don't have to show up, and she says, well, he can't control who moderates the debates. Here's Megyn Kelly. Trump is not used to not controlling things as the, as the chief executive of a large organization, but the truth is he doesn't get to control the media. And while he's made his position clear about me uh, after that first debate, Roger Ailes made his position clear, too. And, you know, when Trump started it up again this past Saturday and then resumed it again and again and again and again, he was told repeatedly, our debate team is settled. And then came that Instagram video he put out today, followed by the company statements. And of course, Megyn Kelly is right that Trump has known for months what was coming. So this is all this is all play fighting. It really is sort of play fighting. Do I think that Trump actually ends up back in the debate? I think there's a 50-50 shot that Roger Ailes calls up Trump, or more importantly, that Rupert Murdoch calls up Trump. Trump claims victory. I bigfooted Fox News, and then he's back in the debate. And the circus is going to continue like this. Now, again, for the Trump fans, this is sort of glorious because if you're a Trump fan, then what you're saying is, look at this guy. He's jacking around Fox News. I mean, this is the most powerful news network in America. And while Megyn Kelly is saying he can't control the media, the entire media is now talking about this. So clearly that's not completely true. And while Megyn Kelly is saying he can't control how Fox News operates, again, Trump is going to be on Bill O'Reilly tonight. But I really don't think this is about Megyn Kelly. I think this is about a specific strategy by Donald Trump to avoid this last debate. I think that's what this is. I think he doesn't want to be part of the last debate. That's why he's moaning about this. Because, again, he has the, he has the full capacity to walk on stage and say whatever he wants to Megyn Kelly. The minute that she asks him some question he deems unfair, he can say, look, Megan, we know you don't like me personally. We know that you're out to get me. And that's been obvious for months, right? He could say that, and it would actually be a big win for him on stage. But he isn't doing that because he doesn't want to be part of the debate. And the proof that he doesn't want to be part of the debate is that Ted Cruz was on Mark Levin's show yesterday, and Ted Cruz challenged Trump. He said, fine, look, we don't have to have Megan Kelly. We don't have to have anybody. Let's you and me just do this for 90 minutes. Here's Ted Cruz. And, and the fact that Donald is now afraid to appear on the debate stage, that he doesn't want his record questions, I, I, I think that reflects a lack of respect for the men and women of Iowa, that he's unwilling to go to Des Moines and, and be questioned. And so, listen, where is Iowa right now? It is a dead heat between Donald and me. We are effectively tied, and Monday, six days from now, 
will decide, Iowa will decide. And so if Donald is afraid of Megyn Kelly, I would like to invite him on your show to participate in a one-on-one debate between me and Donald, mano a mano. Now, we could do it a number of ways. We could have we could have you moderated, Mark. We could have Sean Hannity moderated. We could have Rush Limbaugh moderated. But you know what? If he's afraid of Megyn Kelly, if he's afraid of you and afraid of Hannity and afraid of Rush, then we could do it without any moderators whatsoever. I'm happy to go an hour and a half, mano a mano, me and Donald, with no moderators any time before the Iowa caucuses. That's what a candidate who actually wants to work for the people, wants to, to, to earn the support of the people will do is you stand up and defend your record. And so I would invite Donald, let's do the, do the event. And by the way, he's been saying this past week, uh, that, that, that he thinks I'm stupid. I, that he should do very, very well in a, in a debate with someone who's so stupid away from moderators that, that, that he is so afraid of. And obviously, Cruz is correct. I mean, Trump doesn't want to debate him. And this is, this is I think, the, the problem for the Cruz campaign in Trump doing this. I think there's a big problem for Trump. I think it's a risky move. I think that it could backfire. People could see him as a pansy. People could see him as a weakling. People could see him as a whiner. It, there is a risk for Trump. But the, the risk for Cruz is that everybody plays this as Trump is afraid of Megyn Kelly, when in reality, Trump is not afraid of Megyn Kelly. Trump is afraid of Ted Cruz. He's afraid of the rest of the Republican field because contrary to Donald Trump's opinion, Donald Trump at the beginning of last last debate got clobbered by Ted Cruz. On the birth question, Ted Cruz just, I mean, he, he, he manhandled him. There's no question about it. So, by the way, how do you know that, that Trump is, this is all shamanistic bull nonsense? Okay, the, the reason that you know this is because here is Donald Trump, circa 2012, on his least favorite news network, Fox News. And here is, is Donald Trump saying that, People really shouldn't skip debates. It demonstrates a lack of courage to skip debates. Mitt Romney's not going to participate. And it sounded like you were genuinely disappointed at that. Will I was. It, will it change your view of him as a candidate? Well, I'd like to say it doesn't. It probably does. But I'd like to say it doesn't. I like him. He's a wonderful guy. I got to know him very well. He came to Trump Tower. We had many conversations. And uh, they've almost all come to Trump Tower, which I'm honored by. But I'm only, you know, I'm doing it because I think it's important that the Republicans pick the right person. Uh, I was disappointed in Mitt because I really thought that he would go out and had courage because we're going to be talking about things that other people would not have talked about and they haven't been talking about. Obama hasn't been talking about. Okay, so, so Mitt Romney lacked courage. He said the same thing about Michelle Bachman. Also, you notice who he's talking to there? He's talking to some reporter, some crazy blonde reporter from Fox News named Megyn Kelly. And not only that, he actually, in that same interview, he talked about Megyn Kelly, and she talked to him about who moderators for debates should be and how that would go. And, and here's what Donald Trump had to say. This is just four short years ago. I mean, I know moderators that are doing debates that don't even know what they're talking about. They're just asking questions. They don't even know what the question means. So I think we would do very well. We'll have to see what happens. I mean, one of the problems that we're having is they want me to give up the possibility of doing the independent run. And while it's not something I want to do, it's not something that I'm going to give up. Do you really think that you're a better moderator than I am? No, I could never beat you. That wouldn't even be close. There would be no contest. You have done a great job, by the way, and I mean it. Thank you. I'm glad we cleared that up. We're good. Oh, my God. I mean, seriously, this is, I don't know, I, I've been reduced to guttural moans. I mean, there, there, there really is, like, Trump is such a hack. I mean, I'm sorry, he's just a hack. He's on every side of every issue. He switches positions as is convenient. And I know there are some people who find this charming, and there are some people who think this makes for a good politician, that 
he's our Obama because he'll lie and he'll cheat and he'll steal to get where he wants to go. Right, and then he'll get there and he will screw you. Okay, if you're a conservative, don't assume that because Donald Trump is cheating and because he is lying and because he's manipulating, that he's doing that on your behalf. Donald Trump only does things on Donald Trump's behalf, right? which is why he cares so deeply when people insult the stubby fingers. Okay, that's the reason, because Donald Trump is an egomaniac. End of story. Well, meanwhile, that egomaniac is brilliant at manipulating the media. There's just no two ways about it. So last night, I mean, we, we're, we've now, we're through the looking glass. I mean, we, we are truly through the looking glass. We have entered Alice's Wonderland, and the, and the queen is, is cutting off heads for, for painting the roses red. The queen at this point being Michael Moore. Michael Moore was on Megyn Kelly's show last night. And Michael Moore, that fat load of bloated socialist crap, was complimenting Megyn Kelly over her fight with Trump. This is where, this is, welcome to American Politics 2016. Here now in a Kelly File exclusive, Michael Moore. Great to see you. Thank you for coming here. Well, thank you for Looks having like me. And on this day, too. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know, what does this feel like for you to be, because you, you don't want to be the story. You, you're a journalist. I, mean, I get to ask the questions here. Yeah. You have to answer Well, I, I, I feel bad for you, you know, that you're being attacked by... Don't feel bad by, for don't, me. No. Don't I, what's he afraid of? I, uh, I'm sitting here. I don't feel any fear, <laughs> right? You shouldn't. I'm a pussycat. Yeah, of course. Donald, where, Donald, come now. Come sit beside me. Stop that. I'll hold your hand. Stop She's fine. It. Stop that. She's fine. Well, you can talk about oh, the movie. Sorry. No, where no, do we don't we... want to. Oh, plug in the movie. No, that's not why I'm here. Where do we I'm on Fox next? News. Is it Iowa? Is that where you're going to invade next? Uh, well, no, I no, no, but uh, there are people there. You're okay, aren't you? You're not feeling bad right now. You're I'm like, feeling very good. Yeah, okay, because I was thinking I was going to have to, like, hey, maybe, you know, I'll take you out to dinner afterwards. And, Would you stop? Uh, Would you, you know, talk about We the... can talk. You know, you can emote. Uh, emote. Uh, you know, get it off. You know what I'm saying? I'm here for you. That's just what I'm saying. No you didn't deserve right. to you. You didn't end it there. Okay, so first of all, never go out to dinner with Michael Moore. You could lose a hand. Second of all, you know, Michael Moore, as I mentioned before, has a, he bears a striking resemblance to Toodles from Hook. And if you don't know what I'm talking about at this point, you need to go back and watch Hook. And it's, it's striking. I mean, only in America could, could a fat white young man turn into a fat white old lady. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing. So th there's Michael Moore complimenting Megyn Kelly. And obviously, she's trying to downplay this because she doesn't want to look like she's, you know, attacking Trump. She doesn't want to look like she's on the side of the left. And there's Moore trying to, trying to give her a big, sweaty, disgusting hug. And, uh, and she's just trying to kind of push him off. We're, we're through the looking glass, folks. Meanwhile, Joe Scarborough, who's, who hates Megyn Kelly, by the way. Joe Scarborough despises Megyn Kelly. And, and he said today that he would rather set himself on fire than do a debate in which he moderated next to Megyn Kelly, which is, coincidentally, I would also rather that he set himself on fire than do that. Um, but here's Joe Scarborough on MSNBC saying this is just Donald Trump at his very best. It's his very best, guys. Oh my goodness. That's Trump at its very best. He made a lot of great points there, which I'm, I, you know, it's like I'm sitting at 42% in a lot of polls. 40, there are people with zero that I'm going to yield, be on the same stage with when I've got a news Again? organization putting a press release out by a, written by a child, which actually that stinging because it looks looked like a very childish press release. Uh, Gene Robinson, um, Fox yesterday made Trump look like the grown up. Okay, so there's Joe Scarborough in his oversized glasses straight out of 1950s comic books. Uh, and, and his shrinking face. And, and there's Joe Scarborough saying that Donald Trump is now the, 
the, the truth teller. He's the great truth teller. The media is making Trump. The media is creating Trump. The media are making Trump the guy. And it's the right media, which are making ratings off of him, and it's the left media, which are, which are praising him to the skies because the truth is that Donald Trump is not a right-winger. He's not a right-winger. And the other networks are just over the moon about all of this, obviously, because it makes Fox News look bad. And Fox News, again, to be fair, Fox News participated in this whole thing when they decided to get all snarky with Trump because that's really not what you should do. I mean, you, you, there's, a, there's a way to play it straight. Chris Matthews, by, by the way, was, was over the moon about this. He was saying that Fox News is going to lose viewers. And then saying things that only leftists can say and get away with. Here's Chris Matthews being a vicious racist, but no one cares because he looks like a drunken moron. Who's going to watch a debate between the two Cuban guys? Who's going to watch a debate between Rubio, Marco Rubio, and Ted Cruz? Who cares? Because you know they've been sort of fighting in this little interleague fight over who's the hawkish guy or whatever. Who's going to watch that Thursday night? Maybe I'm building it up too much. Who cares about Cubans? It's like a tiny island. Who cares about people who come from Cuba? I mean, Donald Trump's a racist because he's all Mexicans are rapists, but who cares about Cubans? Why watch Cubans? Cubans are terrible. I mean, come on, Cubans with their dominoes and their food. Cubans. If any right-winger said anything that remotely approaching what Chris Matthews just said on national TV, it would be a career-ender. But, of course, he's a member of the left media, so that's not how it works. By the way, Chris Matthews also says there's a vast right-wing conspiracy to get Hillary. He's, he's doing that routine again. And just because it's fun to listen to Chris Matthews slur his words like Christopher Lloyd after a seizure, let's listen to, let's listen to Chris Matthews talk about the vast right-wing conspiracy to get Hillary Clinton. Hillary, you know, I think, I think somebody's saying to your face, so we'll talk about bad manners, so, you know, you're dishonest. Well, wow, you're saying to the former Secretary of State, uh, former Senator from New York, you're dishonest. Uh, that's pretty nervy for a, a young person to say that to a major figure in American life like that kid did. And Hillary, what's she going to say? I'm not dishonest. She has to go back to the motives of those who have raised the questions about her honesty, which is unfortunately for her very much like what she said back during the Monica days when she said there's a vast right-wing conspiracy out to get me. But in fact, there is. This is the weirdness about politics. It can be that you can also have a problem, but your enemies are going to blow it up out of proportion. It's a vast right-wing conspiracy to get Hillary Clinton. I know it's a vast right-wing conspiracy because people are mean to her. And people are mean to her. And how could they be mean to her? She's a glorious idol from Christ-like lands. She's amazing. I mean, how dare anyone ask a question of a Democrat that doesn't involve tingling of the legs and genitalia? Come on. So Chris Matthews doing his, his damnedest to stand up for Hillary Clinton. Yes, folks, this is your political landscape. Three days before America begins to decide who will be the next president of the United States. And just a scary capper before we get to things I like. The scariest thing of the day was not Donald Trump. And it wasn't Chris Matthews being a racist. And it wasn't Joe Scarborough and his tiny face. And it wasn't Michael Moore looking like toodles. No, the scariest thing of the day was that spawn of demon hell, Hillary Clinton, talking about who she would nominate to be part of the Supreme Court. Here we go. The next president will probably uh, appoint several members of the Supreme Court. Would you consider appointing, um, appointing Obama? Wow, what a great idea. Nobody has ever suggested that to me. Wow. I love that. Oh, my God. And we are one justice away on this. This is why presidential elections actually matter. Putting aside all this fun and games, 
we are one Supreme Court justice away from basically the entire Constitution being burned by the Supreme Court. If Barack Obama were that fifth justice, say goodbye to the First Amendment, Second Amendment, Fourth Amendment, they would all go away immediately. So scary stuff, but the good news is we can at least be entertained by Donald Trump having kabuki theater fights with Fox News and, uh, and writing letters to press outlets about his stubby fingers. Okay, time for some things that I like and some things that I hate. So I finally had a chance. I, I mentioned yesterday I'd watched the first half of Spotlight, finished it last night with the wife. It is a, it's a good movie. I liked Spotlight. I thought it's a good movie. Um, I'm looking for, I heard a Clavin Ray of the Revenant yesterday, so I'm going to have to go see that. But Spotlight was a very good movie, and it's a good reminder. It's a good reminder, Spotlight is, that when you live in a, that when you live inside any system, the temptation is to defend the system at all costs. The temptation is to defend the system even if the system does evil things. And, and we have to recognize that morality as applied to individuals is more important than the survival of any institution. And that's not just the Catholic Church, obviously. There have been molestation incidents inside Jewish communities and Muslim communities. There have been molestation incidents, widespread molestation inside public schools. Whenever an, in, whenever an institution becomes more important than an individual, the individual gets hurt. And that's essentially what's happening in the United States right now, which transitions me to one of the things that I hate today. I don't know if you've been following this story. We talked about it a while back on the program, the story of Stephen and Dwight Hammond. They were the the farmers up in Oregon, the ranchers up in Oregon, who ended up being jailed after the government wanted to take their land, basically. So to refresh your memory, Stephen and Dwight Hammond, they're, they're a family, they live up in Oregon, and they own a big chunk of property, and they wanted to feed their cattle outside their land. And that typically had been legal, but the federal government gradually cut back their water supply, gradually cut back their grazing rights, and really cut their profit margin out from under them. Well, it was clear the government wanted to take their land. They were trying to force them out of their own land, the, the, the Bureau of Land Management. And there was an incident in which the Hammonds backburned their own farm in order to prevent a wildfire from jumping onto their farm. They burned a little bit of federal property, and the feds prosecuted them under anti-terror laws and put them in jail. And when the judge lessened the sentence, the feds came back and forced an appeals court to reinstate the longer five-year sentence. So a bunch of people, including the Bundys, the, the, the Bundys had a similar situation in Nevada. A couple of the Bundy sons, Ryan Bundy and Ammon Bundy, uh, they went up to Oregon and they took over uh, a small federal house. Like there was an abandoned federal house in the middle of the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge. And they're just sitting there. They weren't doing anything. Nothing bad was happening. Well, last night, yesterday, things went bad. The way they went bad, according to NBC News, quote, Officials had been waiting for an opportunity to arrest the group's leadership away from the refuge to minimize the potential for violence, a senior law enforcement official told NBC News. So, nine activists were traveling in two vehicles 45 miles outside of the refuge when the FBI and Oregon State Police pulled them over, according to the officials. Some tried to get away and there was gunfire. An Arizona rancher, Lavoie Finicum, 54, was killed in the shooting, his daughter told NBC News. Ryan Bundy was injured as well. It's not clear who fired the shot. Reportedly, Bundy and Finnicum were the only two members of the group not to immediately surrender. Finnicum, who was killed, left 11 kids and 19 grandkids. So, prolific guy. Finnicum's daughter said that her dad had said that he wouldn't pull a gun on law enforcement. She said, quote, we, thought it, we all thought it would end, but not like this. My dad did stress they couldn't pull a gun on them, on the officers, unless they pulled the gun. They were all committed to not firing on federal agents. Philicum told NBC News on January 6th, there are things more important than your life, and freedom is one of them. I'm prepared to defend freedom. So they were doing all this to get the Hammonds released from prison, and they weren't unjustly imprisoned. So as I said at the time, 
there was a danger to this tactic, which is that the feds would get aggressive and somebody would get killed. As I also said at the time, this is a case study in why we have to be extraordinarily careful in greenlighting regulations and laws, because at the end of every regulation and every law is the possibility you're going to have to let the government murder somebody or kill somebody or execute somebody or shoot somebody justifiably in self-defense if that law is resisted. So before you pass a law about selling loose cigarettes on the street, you may want to remember that at some point if somebody is selling loose cigarettes and refuses to abide by police orders, he could get choked out and he could die. That's Eric Garner in New York City. Right, so how about this? Don't pass stupid laws. Every law we should think, is this worth somebody getting killed over? It seems like a fair question to ask about our laws and regulations. But this situation is even worse. Okay, so here's what went down. The Bundys and their group, they were apparently scheduled to meet with the federal authorities at 6 p.m. in John Day, which is a town about 70 miles away from the refuge. The shootings happened at 4.25 p.m., according to the FBI. Okay, so you get this? So what happened is they, they, the feds lured them out of the, of the refuge. They said, we're going to meet you out here. And then like Sonny, like Sonny on the causeway, uh, they then pulled them over, the FBI, because they were looking for an excuse to do so. Finnecombe told the Oregonian that literally the day before he was shot, quote, the tenor has changed. Law enforcement have become more hardened. They're doing all the things that show they want to take some kinetic action against us. And we're saying, why be so unfriendly? So here are some questions that we don't know. Okay. We don't know who initiated the shooting still. We haven't seen any tape. So people are, his family is saying it was hands up, don't shoot. I'm skeptical of that because I'm always skeptical law enforcement just guns people down in cold blood. It's, a, it's not the way they do things. We don't know why the authorities scheduled a meet and then arrested these people, right, which is pretty underhanded tactic. We don't know whether the feds plan to arm up and precipitate a conflict because that's what Philicum was suggesting. Finicum was suggesting the day in advance. And most of all, I still don't know why somebody has to die so that the government can prove that wrongfully imprisoned farmers, that feds want to push off their land, have to stay in jail. I don't see why that is something that's worthwhile. You got the president of the United States justifying riots in Baltimore and Ferguson for no reason, at which nobody, by the way, was killed by police. You have the federal government greenlighting that, but a couple of people take over an abandoned building in the middle of nowhere, and somebody has to get shot over that to prove that somebody who's wrongfully imprisoned should remain in prison. Uh, this is a scary time. The selective aggression the feds choose to use here should frighten you. And the, and the fact that we are multiplying laws upon laws. See, here's the thing. The Constitution of the United States is not actually a hopeful document. The Constitution of the, the Declaration of Independence is a hopeful document. The Constitution of the United States is not a hopeful document. The Constitution of the United States is a good description of how human beings work. And so when the Constitution says you want to avoid people getting shot, you want to avoid people getting killed, you want to avoid conflict? A small government is the only way to do that. The founders meant it, and the founders knew it. And as government grows, this kind of friction is going to grow. Because what happens next time there's a baker in Oregon who refuses to cater a same-sex wedding, and they fine him 140 grand, and he says no, and they come to put him in jail, and he says, I have a gun. Are we willing to shoot somebody for not, for not catering a gay wedding? Is that how this is going to work now? Because this is how fascism starts, folks. Fascism starts with bad regulations enforced by the government at point of gun. Government is basically a giant use of force. That's what government is. And what separates a, a good government from a bad government is the kind of laws that they're enforcing. Because obviously the government has to enforce its laws, whatever is on the books. Okay, so that's something that I hate. A couple of other things that I hate that are worth pointing out today. One, we're only going to play about five seconds of this because it's, almost, it's pretty much unpalatable. PETA, the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, they're, they're constantly trying to grab attention. And so what they did 
is they decided to grab attention by grabbing some boob. And, and the way that they did this is they cut an ad that they wanted to put up during the Super Bowl. They do this every year. And they always make an ad that's too racy for the Super Bowl, and then they release it online. So this time, this ad is supposed to contrast the sex lives of vegans and the sex lives of meat eaters. First of all, I didn't know vegans have sex lives. I'm shocked that people are willing to sleep with them. But beyond that, the, the idea is that veganism, eating plant-based foods, increases your circulation, which is good for your downstairs. And if you eat meat, then this creates cholesterol problems and thus impotence. And to prove this, they basically created a video of pornography. I mean, it's just it's, it's people having sex. So we'll play about two seconds of this so as not to fully alienate everyone who subscribes. Okay, so literally, you can't see these folks and you hear people breathing heavily. On one side, you just have meat eater, woman on top of man having sex. On the other side, vegan, woman on top of man having sex. The vegan is incredibly muscular, by the way, which suggests he's taking protein pills. In any case, the, the meat eaters are done and the, and the vegans just continue running. That's basically the theme of this video. Yeah, and we can stop it there. That's fine. Um, and um, I have several things that I dislike about this. One is, you really think that you're going to get people to stop eating meat because they, quote-unquote, go longer in bed because they have more stamina? Really? First of all, I'm going to say this is... I'm just going to put this out there, okay? Inappropriate for children, so lower your volume or pause it here until the kids are out of the room. Okay, it's time for some frank adult discussion here on the Ben Shapiro Show. Okay, the whole idea of men's stamina is a media-created myth. Okay, what I mean by that is that there is no woman in the world who wants a man going at it with her in the fashion you're seeing in this video for like eight hours. Okay, it's painful. Okay, the, the idea is, it's so ridiculous. I mean, this is, like, I understand they're trying to appeal to men. Oh, you can go longer. It's a macho thing, okay? The reality is the average time for sex for pretty much everybody is somewhere between five and ten minutes. That's, that's the average time for pretty much everybody. And it could be shorter, it could be longer, but there are very few women in the world who are like, oh my God, I was just desperate to, to jackhammer this thing for three hours. Like, <laughs> no one does this. So, okay, that, that thus ends the X-rated portion of today's podcast, The Ben Shapiro Show. All right, so actually, you know what? That's, that's not even true. There is one slight addendum. Okay, so there's a new study that's out. Yeah, this is not X-rated. This, this, this your kid can listen to if your kid is above the age of probably 13. Because if your kid is above the age of 13, they know about pornography. Welcome to the internet. So there's a, a new study out. And it suggests that teenagers and adults are opting for pornography over having sex. And the reason for this is, quote, because it is less risky than actually having sex. The study is called the porn phenomenon. It says for those age 51 to 69, safety is the fourth highest reason why they watch porn. It is one of the key reasons teens age 13 to 17 use pornography. The study from the Barna group says being less risky than actual sex is higher motivation among both teens and older adults for different reasons, presumably. Okay, so presumably, so all these people are not having sex because they are they are deeply concerned that they are going to have some sort of health problem or get pregnant uh, or something along those lines. the The fact that our society has solved the problem that they created with staring at naked people and disembodied voices this is this is a society that has created its own own death. I mean, the, the fact is we had a pretty good system for restricting the whole dangerous sex routine. It was called marriage. And it really was quite swell. You know, when people did this whole routine where they didn't have sex outside marriage and they got married kind of young and then they had sex with that person for the rest of their lives. Like for me, my, my STD risk is zero. It's literally zero. And it is zero because my wife was a virgin when we got married and I was a virgin when we got married. And we plan on and have already only had sex with each other and we plan on doing this forever. 
which is why I'm grateful she's hot. But in any case, that's beside the point. The fact is that the that marriage was a way, marriage was a way of making sex safe. Because sex always carries with it risk, just like any other human behavior. If you're doing it with someone you trust, particularly for women, I mean, this idea that safe that, that promiscuous sex has been good for women is such a lie. If there's anybody who's put at risk by promiscuous sex, it's not men, it's women. Okay, because women who are having promiscuous sex are significantly significantly more likely to be abused by a man. They're significantly more likely to be mistreated, harassed, or raped by a man. Okay, the fact is, I know that my wife, you know, barring some sort of horrific instance, God forbid, she's never going to have any of those problems because the only person she's having sex with is me. Right, and the same thing is true for me. Marriage was the bar against the risks of sex. Now, watching people do it in a PETA commercial is the bar against having the risk for sex, which, of course, means that you're really deadening your soul and deadening your connection with other human beings, specifically in order to avoid the risk that accompanies sex, which is really sad and, and pathetic. Uh, and and yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a call. It should be a call. If you want a better life, if you want a more fulfilled life, you might try some of those archaic, patriarchal, terrible old standards where people were actually happy with each other and happy having sexual relations with, the, with, with each other within prescribed societal confines. Things were much better. They were much better. And the reason that I'm saying this is because I want everybody to have the kind of happiness in both the boudoir and in life that I have, thank God, despite the fact that I come here and pour out my grievances against the world every day. And the fact is that off the air, I'm actually a pretty happy guy. When I go home, that's when I get to be happy. The rest of my life, I have to be unhappy because... When you follow the political scene, there's no way not to be happy, although you can laugh hysterically at what's going on. But the fact is, if you want to lead a happy life, God's law is pretty good at getting you there. And so is basic societal morality. These things are pretty good at getting you there. The substitutes that we create for ourselves, technological or otherwise, pictures of people having sex, people of picture, pictures of people running, that's not going to replace having a fulfilling marital relationship with your spouse. In time, hopefully, you're blessed with kids. I mean... Honestly, I, I couldn't be happier in my life, and I want everybody to, to have that as well. And that means get away from the porn and get back to the Bible. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Did you know that mRNA vaccines are approved for use in pigs in the United States? Not to mention 85% of the beef sold in your local grocery store is imported. In fact, over 5 billion pounds of meat was imported just last year. There's so much mystery surrounding our meat, which is why I'm so grateful for my Good Rancher subscription. I know that I don't have to worry about imported meat or unknown vaccines in the food that I feed my family. Good Ranchers is saying mRNO to mRNA by offering a free 10-pound Easter ham with any subscription. Unlike the pork from the grocery store, Good Ranchers ham is guaranteed 100% free from mRNA vaccines. This is a $119 value, absolutely free with code DAILYWIRE. Go to GoodRanchers.com and say mRNO to mRNA by subscribing today. You have a right to know exactly what's in your food, and Good Ranchers is dedicated to protecting that right and providing your family with the best meat in America, free from any unknown and potentially harmful additives. Go to GoodRanchers.com and subscribe to any of their boxes and use code DAILYWIRE at checkout. Every subscription will come with a free Heritage Ham, $25 off, and Good Ranchers' lifetime quality commitment. That's GoodRanchers.com, code DAILYWIRE. 